It's time for another episode of the Cultural Hall, and it's articles of news for the week of the 28th, 29th, or 30th of May, whichever you want it to be. Happy May Day. Mm. It's the... What's the matter? What? May Day. Oh, I get it. See, because it's a thing? It's a dad joke, I guess. <laughs> Never heard it. Because May Day... Help! May Day! We're ba- going down. Back in the olden days, it's what they said in the war. If your yeah. boat was sinking or your plane was going down... Oh, so maybe, maybe it's appropriate because guess what? Memorial Day the other day? Yeah. Ah, maybe that's why they have it in May. Because they be. both start with M. I, <laughs> this is dumb. Uh, so I went and visited uh, Graves. I went to Junction, Utah over the weekend. You know how, where Junction is? Uh, yeah. How come you went to Junction? Uh, for a wedding over the weekend. Because that's what you do. I have a girlfriend. Well, was who it I, to work? I or? have a girlfriend. No. I have a girlfriend uh, who I love very much and someone that she cares about. Oh, you love her. Yeah. yeah. Why don't you marry her? If you love her so much, why don't you marry her? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, her work associate uh, was getting married in Junction. Ah, uh, what a waste of your day! <laughs> no, <laughs> yes, no. it is. No, and here's why it wasn't because I could, ag- <laughs> I would, I would agree with you that it could have been a waste mm-hmm. of my day. That part of the state of Utah is gorgeous. Junction is a nothing town where two roads meet, and that's why they call it Junction. That's literally why the name of the town mm-hmm. is. You can get over the mountain to Beaver, Utah, uh, one way, or you can uh, go down and, and do what we did, which is join into historic Highway 12, which is where you have just, it's a gorgeous road that links from like Bryce, uh, Bryce Canyon, Bryce National Park into Capitol Reef. Mm. And yeah. it winds and it's gorgeous. It looks sort of like in part of it, if you've ever been to Disneyland, you know, the cars race at Disneyland. Where it's like, oh, waterfalls and mountains and then like red rocks and rolling. It's gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. In fact, if they didn't pattern that um, Cars ride at Disneyland after that portion of Highway 12, I don't know what they patterned it after because it's identical. Um, But we went down there. Saw the wedding, saw the town of Marysvale. You familiar with Marysvale at all? Uh, I know where it is. Yeah. Uh, There is a religious zealot community, not Mormon, of Mm -hmm. Marysvale. And I'm not sure what the deal is, but that town very much has that feeling. Like, um, come to our camps all summer and not be immersed in anything else of the world. Like that kind of thing. Yeah. Very, very uh, that thing. But went to the Marysvale First Ward. Oh, did you? Yeah. For church on, on Sunday? church on Sunday. Went to sacrament meeting. We didn't do the full block. Um, it was Memorial Weekend, and I think Mar- uh, I think that Marysvale and Junction are those towns where like someone in the family lived there and has a house, and you just sort of keep the house because no one would buy the house. Yeah. So you do vacationing there, right? Like you could go down. It's a big four wheeling community. Uh, the Razors or the you know all purpose dune buggies, dune buggies, that kind of stuff. Yeah. You go down and do that sort of by grand uh, grand staircase, the national monument was kind it, of by that was the church building was it like an old one no it was just small it was like every church that you've been to but smaller and uh it since it was memorial day you had the two veterans in the ward speak oh uh, two, two yeah. guys that uh one served in korea and one served in vietnam war and uh I had to uh, to just really appreciate uh, being able to be in the Lord's house when um, the Vietnam vet started talking about how people called him a baby killer and and wanted to go off on Jane Fonda, but he decided this wasn't the time or place and decided not to. Dang. That was part of his talk. 
the rest was really good. Great. That was that was really great. But there was you know there was that certain element where he was just like, well, people didn't agree with what we did, and a lot of freedom isn't free, and you know, like I I, I appreciate the service. I agree, freedom isn't free. I'm not being down on any of that stuff, but I. I absolutely, uh, I I felt like um, like I know how that town votes, <laughs> without question. How? Uh, <laughs> with a little pen through the, the hole, no hanging chats in that in that uh, in that county. But yeah, it was it was very cool, very sweet. I saw um, just amazing, <coughs> amazing, and maybe I'll share a picture or two on the Cultural Hall's Instagram page. Just gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous scenes, uh, roadscapes, and uh, we tried to go hiking, but weather wasn't necessarily that great. So we ended up driving like six, seven, eight hours just being able to tour through Utah and seeing gorgeous, small little towns and then stopping and taking pictures at all the scenic outlooks. It was great. It's a good uh, Memorial Day weekend yeah, for I you, I Richie T. I a little bit more exercise in, truthfully, but it was okay. Yeah. yeah. And the wedding was nice, small, quick. Do you love him? Yeah, you love him? Yeah! And you get the yelling from the back. Oh, yeah, boy. she loves you. Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> I hate weddings. I hate everything about them. Any type of wedding, I yeah? hate it. Yeah. Is it because you're jaded because Shut of your up. experience? No, yeah. no. I mean, a little though. No, maybe. <laughs> I mean that. Like, I think that you'd be jaded against them anyway, right? Like, I think that's just your character to be jaded against weddings. Yes, not because I, really not because I'm think, divorced. But I also think that a little bit of it is because you're divorced. I, I think. Maybe one percent, ninety nine percent, is because I just think everything about him is stupid. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry to those of you that are married. Great. No, I'm glad that you are. But I just think the whole the celebration c- is ceremony stupid thing so expensive. The, the, the every the, yeah that is union, everything. The uniting of two lives or they, together. Or if you have it in a uh, you know if you go down to the the constable down to the courthouse the constable. and do, do it real quick. Where? Well, or Andy, in the uh, Andy in the cultural hall. I am the deputy. <laughs> All of it is just horrible. I don't see anything good about any of it anymore. But marriage, you're not against. But, but no, the wedding. union is is fantastic. Okay. It's just the ceremonies around it. All right, all right. Now, the DJs are great at yeah, the wedding. Well, thank you. Thank That's you. the only good part. BestDJinUtah.com. <laughs> you can check that out. Uh, I want to take a break, and then I want to find out what is going on with you and tell uh, all these people thank you. Uh, we have recently at Patreon.com slash The Cultural Hall... I've been asking for people who have been either lifers or converts um, to say thanks in a in a monetary form. Um, one of the benefits that it gets you is if you are a Patreon um, supporter of the Cultural Hall, you get admitted into a special Facebook group that is secret that no one except for the people that are in the Patreon group are a part of. Um, and so, if that is enticing to you, I want to be in on that. Well, you gotta you gotta put up a little money. Gotta put up a little money. See if I can get some money for my dad. Yeah, it, I mean, you can go as little as a dollar on Patreon, a, mo- a dollar a month, so $12 a year to be a part of that group. But we have conversation there uh, that will be increasing. We're still sort of getting our feet wet as far as this whole thing goes. But if you want to be a part of that, I want to just give a shout out to these people who are current Patreon members or supporters. Janet Howard, Michael Bishop, Chuck D, not from uh, mm. Beastie Boys, I checked. <laughs> Is it Chuck D? That's in. Is he the one that died? Beastie Boys? Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, gosh. Maybe I shouldn't have made that joke. Matt Nielsen, Tom Jensen, Jason Wade Nielsen, Robert Casey, Deanna Otten, Tracy Nightingale, the folks over at Leading Else, Vanda Burris, Tyler Harper, Jeremiah Nielsen, Nicolades, Craig Erickson, Rob Allen, Michelle Stevens-Williams, and Vaughn Spendlove. Thank you for supporting the Cultural Hall. And as I mentioned, uh, you can see complete transparency if you go to the Cultural Hall's uh, Patreon page to see how much we're getting a month. And by we're getting, I mean we're going to put it towards doing some cool video stuff as we start to get. Uh, we want to make sure it's valuable to those people who are supporting us on Patreon uh, and then be able to move forward in doing some of these awesome things. So check that out if that interests you. I have an email about you, but I want to know what's new with you. Oh, we hear that. I, I did not have as memorial of a Memorial Day as you. You raced and you lost, right? I did. I saw that. Yeah. And what State are you championships. Doing? Send the picture in the in the group so we make sure we get it to Instagram because your arm looked weird. I was well. I, I was wearing a uh, full-length skin suit, so it probably stretched it down. It was the position of your arm, or something. It probably looked weird because that is is like your arm at the square, and then the other guy's arms at the square, and then the third guy, his arm is the different way. I don't know. We'll get it. Make sure I get this. Okay. We'll put it on uh, the Cultural Hall's Instagram. Follow us on all social media at the Cultural Hall. As we all make the square. Yeah, but, you, but one of them is <laughs> going the other way. Yeah, it's like two right hands and a left, or something like well, that. Well, the guy in the middle can hold usually holds up both hands but can hold up one if he's holding a prize as he was okay and then the guy second place to his right me holds your right hand up and the guy usually then to the left third place holds his left hand so up. so maybe it wouldn't have looked so weird if he would have if had, he had both, both hands arms. up yeah I think he just had one and i was like why are they doing that yes i sustain this race uh-huh <laughs> and he opposed to this guy left hand <laughs> take that yeah the guy that doesn't speak english raise the, the wrong hand what was the race uh, it was the uh, state criterium championship. Which means what? Uh, criterium is a short race that you just you go round and round and round okay. for a certain amount of time. Okay. And it was held you at Sugar dizzy? House Park in Salt Lake City. You get dizzy? Not really. So around Sugar House Park, so it's it's some distance, but not... Yeah. Okay. How'd you do? Yep. Second I, place? I lost. Yeah? First winner? First loser. First place winner, babe. No, if you're not winning, you're losing. Okay, that's fine. Isn't you're right. that what we're supposed to teach our kids? Did you throw that medal in the garbage? Uh, I don't know. You know what? It got into the washing machine. Oh, really? I pulled my wash out last night and went, what's that clanging in there? And I, clung, yep. Clung. It was in the clung. pocket of my jersey and just a bike there race. it was. Uh, yeah, I had a couple of them. And then uh, that was actually Saturday. Then Memorial Day, I uh, I did a long bike ride and, and stopped by graves of my grandparents. You did that. Good for you. Yeah. Centerville, Utah. They're all there. Uh, I stepped, stopped by a grave actually down in Junction as well. And uh, I shared this. This one I'll make sure we get to Instagram as well. I shared this, I think, on Facebook and said, Happy Memorial Day. Uh, someone named Macintosh um, and and their headstone. And here was the thing. I wonder if uh, if you will think anything of it. I, I'm, so I want to show you this picture. This will be posted. In fact, I'll post it while we take the break between this and actual articles of news to get it posted. But I want to see if you see anything <coughs> sort of bizarre with this picture. Anything okay. that would make you take note Taking of that Taking a look now. Let's see. There are two you, hands shaking, but in a different way. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. 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 A little yeah, different. Yeah. 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 So I'm there at okay. the uh, I'm there at the graveyard, and I went, "What? Wait a minute! Yeah. Hey there! In memory of W. M. Macintosh, can you do that? And of course, the answer is of course yes. But see if you can figure out what it is. Check it out at the Cultural Hall on uh, 
<laughs> right? On um, Instagram. Um, so we, I, so I visited my graves, and my my sister had come down from Idaho for the weekend. That now, other does she stuff. She like you because the brothers don't like you, right? Uh, no, my brothers are okay with me, and okay. my, my siblings, I think, like me. All right. No, but there was a whole family photo fiasco. Uh, that yes, we and, about. and that's mostly their spouses. Okay, because there's a bunch of because most the siblings m- get it. They're like, yeah, it's Kyle. Yeah, and yeah. and they're and they're boys, and then most of my in laws are it's their wives, so women, and yeah. you know how women are. Yeah, about especially stuff. with you. Yeah, and things they get really weird. Yep. About you. So my sister, my sister likes me and, and her kids do. The older they are, the more they like me. And the younger they get, the more suspicious of me they are, Okay, it seems. Okay. So the youngest, who who still talks, he can't say his owls very well. Uh-huh. Oh, and because it's, it's So they went to see the, the graves, and I was at my parents' house uh, working on a car uh-huh. and uh, washing it. And they come back, and they my mother had gone to her play that then the rest of the family was going to later. She's in Music Man yeah. at Hale Center Theater. Yeah. Yes, she is. And I said, hey, where, where's your grandma? And he says, we left her there. At the, <laughs> I thought it was funny because they just went to the graveyard. Yeah. And then he says, do you just come here to wash your cows? <laughs> and I said, yep. So they don't get this crap all over my driveway. Yeah. And he just looks at me strange and walks inside. And, Yo, weird. <laughs> yeah. That's what they think. Well, he's the same one that said uh, they were having another discussion about we have a, I have an in-law family member mm-hmm. who last year passed away okay. because of uh, an eating disorder uh, that affected her heart. It, it's a long, sad story. But yeah. anyway, they were talking about her once and, you know, how, you know, she, uh, you know, she's skinny and doesn't eat and, and lives in her parents' basement. He goes, just like Uncle Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> Cute. <laughs> so, so, thanks. Kids will the, say the, the darnest thing. The eating disorder and lives in parents' basement. Yeah. All right. Really skinny. It's like <laughs> Uncle Kyle. I uh, got this email from Nancy. It says, Dear Cultural Hall Show, I listened recently to your show, of which your guest that day was a triplet. And I don't think I don't think she heard it exactly. It was when Anna was on the show, and she has triplets. Oh, yeah. Given birth to triplets. Uh, she says, I am a triplet. It was not from fertility drugs. My mom, after all, already having six children. So there's already six kids in the family. They were very much a big surprise uh, to my mother. Ironically, was too busy working as a nurse to go to the doctor. Doctor, we were quite the big deal in the small town of Galesburg, Illinois, where we were born. My grandparents, before moving to Utah to gather with the saints, having moved to Illinois from Sweden, where they first heard the Mormon missionaries and liked what they heard. So, kind of a cool hmm. run-on sentence, but if you followed that, they heard about the gospel in Sweden, came to Illinois, joined the church, came to Utah. In the newspaper photo, which I'll also try and find and, and be able to, to share, uh, in the newspaper photo taken right after we were born, my mother looks very tired, but very proud. Now, to Kyle. This is where she takes Uh-oh. you to the desk. <laughs> this is Nancy. So you address... I your, wasn't here when you, Anna was here. You uh, you address your comments to Nancy, okay? Not to me. Anna, to I wasn't here. Okay. Now to Kyle, who said he does not believe in miracles. <laughs> perhaps you feel differently now, or perhaps, and this is probably it, it's a matter of semantics. What about there being a woman who led the sister missionaries to safety, and when they turned to thank her, she was not there. What about the sister missionaries having to pass by these men lined up 
at a bar and the Lord causing those sister missionaries to become invisible to those men, both which I think are Mormon myths and legends. <laughs> I bow my head in gratitude for the Lord protecting our missionaries, as do I, so I'm not yeah. discredited oh, Nancy. Yeah, absolutely. Doubtless there are canc- countless examples of such miracles beyond the two that I have given. I will add here that I very much appreciate Kyle frequently being on the show with you. I'm grateful for his obvious devotion to his son. I am awed, awed, not ODD, A-W-E-D, mm-hmm. by his athleticism. Oh. And I always very much like hearing also what he has to say. Love to the both of you, Nancy Bauer. That's, see, that wasn't angry to me, but... But but miracles, Kyle. There is only one miracle, Nancy, that I believe in, and it's similar to the first story that you referenced, and it's actually a uh, in a song by Stan Ridgway. And, okay. And a couple people will really laugh at that. Okay. I'll sleep. <laughs> Camouflage by Stan Ridgway. Okay. Have you ever heard... I, no, you heard that song? It's from the 80s. And I was hoping you were, I believe in miracles. <laughs> no. Where are you from? It's, it's about a guy in the army. You sexy thing. <laughs> No. You haven't heard about a guy in, in the military? Yeah, and he, he's stuck out and under enemy oh, fire, no. and a guy shows up and pulls out a tree and, and swats him and block. Then it's like the bullets go right through him. And then really? next day, his, 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 his troop finds him, and they said, how'd you make it? And he says, well, it's, it's a big Marine named Camouflage. And they led him to a big tent on the right and said, he's right here. He's been dead all week. What? Yes. No way. <laughs> Sorry. What kind of song is that? It's... Is it- it was a popular song in the eighties. Is it 80s. like Christmas shoes? Is it pandering like that? Uh, a little bit. And camouflage, lay me down in. No. Stan Ridgway, who I just just saw recently, was in town. Really? Yeah. And and his songs are stories like this, and they're it's really good. But it's a funny. It's and a miracle song. Him, Butterfly kisses. <laughs> like is it like that? Is it slow and bouncy no. and pandering? No. no it's kind of tough and interesting. Okay, I'll listen to it. Maybe I'll play a little bit of it. Probably I won't. No, probably won't. I won't. But it's, but so you should go. Listen to okay. It. All right. Stan Ridgeway, camouflage. Mm-hmm. The military guy who had been dead for a week. Yep. But you, I mean, so I had, I had, I did have this conversation, and I can't remember if it was based on you and I talking or that I always give you a hard time about miracles. Uh, my girlfriend, who uh, I love very much. Mine. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> she was talking about miracles, and she's like, "So, so why do miracles then happen for some people and not for others?" And I was like, "Well, I mean, I, I think they happen for everybody." And in something, but she's like, no, but like the big, you know, miracles, like uh, someone being able to walk again, or you know, someone gets a priesthood blessing and then they're able to, you know, be healed completely from whatever that thing is. And I was like, you know, just because I can't explain it on the one end, I mean, right? Because it, it seems sort of dismissive to be like, well, it's God's will. If God wants it, then He'll do it, and if not, He won't. Yeah, right? No, like that's sort of dismissive. Yeah, uh, and untrue. But 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 there are miracles like that, you know. And I and I shared with her a couple of miracles. One, I mean, I'll, do, I'll, I'll share one now. The guy's name was Dean Samko. It was on my mission. We had tried to teach him, you know, countless amount of times. Stop by. Hey, is now good? No, 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 no. Okay, how about Sunday at 6? Yeah, you bet. Come by Sunday at 6. I'll let you guys teach me. Came by Sunday at 6 and we, as we were making the approach to the house, we hear his, uh, his child just crying, just bloody murder, right? Young kid, probably under the age of two. 
We get up, get to the door. They open the door. It's even louder. Kid is crying. He's like, hey, you know what? It's a weekend. Uh, I haven't been able to get, you know, to the doctor because there's a, you know, an affordability sort of issue as far as that goes. Um, so we're going to go tomorrow. We're pretty sure she has an ear infection, right? Like, so it wasn't just baby being temperamental. It was something was very obviously bothering this child. We said, hey, well, we'd really like to teach you. He's like, oh, I forgot. I should have canceled. I shouldn't have even had you guys be here. We said, we'd love to give your child a blessing. So through the 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 um, like the loud tears and and shrieking and shrieking, you know, all that thing, gave the kid a blessing. And we said, in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. And the kid stopped on amen hmm. and didn't cry again. And we were able to teach the guy. Now, is that a miracle? Yeah, I think that it is. Or at the very least, an exhibit of the uh, power of the priesthood. But I have given blessings to other people at other times, and those things haven't. And they don't shut up. And, and that, ha- yeah, <laughs> and those people didn't <laughs> shut up. No, and and uh, you know, a similar or equal blessing has not a- occurred. But I know that in that instance, that occurred. But I can't explain why it didn't for other people at different times. Yeah, and, and I but guess that doesn't make it any more miracle or like God plays favorites. Yeah, like, I, I, I don't think it. Anyway. And that's kind of my issue. I don't doubt all of this at all, or or that or the uh, legitimacy of that story. I, I believe it 100%. It, it's just hard for me when, you know, some things, horrible things happen to good people. Right. And that that's I struggle with. You know, I, I, you know, I can take you to a family with three kids that would say that they watched a miracle with me happen and then me say, well, I was the first loser. Where's the miracle there? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I prayed and prayed, please let me win. Please. And it does seem dismissive to be like, wasn't God's will. Do you know how many times I prayed for the San Diego Chargers to win the Super Bowl (laughs) in the 80s? Do you know how many times? How many times? Every week. Did you do that? Yes. I used to pray for BYU football. (laughs) Or like I'd make a bet with my dad about the Super Bowl and then I would pray to have, you know, my team win. (laughs) On a monetary bet. Yeah. Come on. Uh, I really, I want to go get baseball (laughs) cards and I really need $7 so I can get the 10 pack or whatever, you know, whatever the thing is. Uh, But evidently, uh, the Lord hates Dan Fouts and would never let him lead the San Diego Chargers to a a Super Bowl. Uh, More 80s references. Sorry. Stan Ridgeway and now Dan Fouts. I've never even heard of uh, Dan. Is that what you said? Dan Fouts? Yeah, Dan Fouts. Dan of the San Diego Chargers? Are you kidding me? Why? There was a gentleman by the name of Camouflage. (laughs) It's kept him from my mind. Let's take a break for a second. We'll come back and do actual articles of news. Imagine running a small business today. It's challenging. Imaging and internet presence is an absolute must. Even with that, you're still a small star in a bright cyber universe. Now, imagine you have someone who understands how to get your site designed for your talents and then easily searched by potential clients. Imagine Lennon Design. Whether it's strictly a website or a whole package of logo creation, advertising media, and promotional materials, Lennon Design is your partner in business. They'll test the boundaries of their imagination to create something unique for you. When you need creative, affordable design, let it be Lennon Design. Call 801-699-3022 or visit LennonDesign.com. Hi, friends. Dan the Laptop Man here from PC Laptops. I get a lot of emails from people all the time. Here's one. Dear Dan, I hear your talk about a lifetime service guarantee. Free? Really? Please help me avoid all your fine print and be honest about what free means. You understand that we should be very wary of A free offer? Signed, Skeptical. Hi, Skeptical. I remember 22 years ago when we started PC Laptops and our lifetime service guarantee, 
people thought it was too good to be true. Well, you know, after a decade, people started believing me a little bit. But you know, it's been 22 years of having the privilege to serve our friends and neighbors like you. Our lifetime service guarantee has become the most trusted warranty in the industry. You can get a brand new PC, laptops, desktop computer for $7.99 with a lifetime warranty. Check us out at PCLaptops.com. That's PCLaptops.com. Here's to seeing you soon, skeptical. Hey, you guys, I want to talk to you about BestDJInUtah.com. Why, that's the company that I have started for doing my DJing weddings and live events. Uh, whatever you need, I am your guy to do it. So whether you're a lifer or a convert to this podcast show, or you just happen to be listening for the first time, if you are in need of a wedding DJ or an MC for your event, or just a DJ for your business opening, uh, go to bestdjinutah.com. Now, I know it says Utah, but guess what? If you want me to come to your event and you're not in Utah, I'll do that too. You're going to have to pay for me to be there, but I'm more than willing to do that as well. It's bestdjinutah.com. Emails there, phone numbers there. Would love to hear from you and then help you make your event that much better. Look forward to hearing from you, and thank you for supporting the Cultural Hall podcast. But it's a show. You knew that. The Cultural Hall wants you to help Utah Food Bank fight hunger statewide. Through your donations of food, time, or money, Utah Food Bank is able to distribute over 31 million meals annually to Utahns facing hunger. Even a $1 donation can be turned into $7.35 of goods and services. One in five children in Utah could go to bed hungry tonight, and 423,000 Utahns are unsure where their next meal will come from. By donating food at your local pantry or by visiting utahfoodbank.org, you can make a difference. It's time for the second half of Articles of News, wherein we do actual articles of news. Hit it, Peter. You can't lose articles of news. And away we go. You guys, it's going to be a lot of just quick-fire news stories, and we'll try and spend some time on the more important ones. So I'll do a couple of the short ones here, and then I'll let you do that uh, story about uh, Memorial Day, the Hawaiian yes. desert town. But did you know, first of all, America's Funniest Home Videos uh, is still on TV? I actually, it is, seriously? Yeah, it really is. How long has that thing been on? You know, uh, you know the uh, Carlton? The, uh, uh, yes. What's his real name? Why can't I think of it? Yeah, uh, from the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yeah, what's his name? But Why not the Fresh Prince, but his smart no, brother. The, 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 you know, the dance. Carlton, the Carlton, yeah. I can't think of what his name is. Not Alfonso Ribeiro. Yes. Is it Alfonso Ribeiro? Yep, that's his name. And, and isn't he the one that was in, now help me, Who Broke My Window? Isn't that a young Alfonso Ribeiro? In the uh, old church video from the 80s. Telling the truth isn't going to be I don't easy. know. I'm pretty sure is that it? it is. If it's not... No, I'm I'm nearly positive. Let me, let me uh, do this story while you're looking it up. Um, the Field family and their children, this is David and Mary Field, and their children, Carson, Jillian, and Henry David, uh, they won $100,000 on America's Funniest Home Videos for a hilarious wishbone fiasco. Okay, so here's the deal. Kids, about 25 years ago, America's Home was, Funniest Home Videos was sort of cool because, like, um, you know, it was new, and it was before reality TV show, uh, before reality TV shows were really a, a thing. And now um, it's 25 years, and we're asking the question, wait, that show's still on? But, but, the fact that this family won $100,000 is pretty cool. Here's the deal. They'd already won $10,000 on March 25th, um, and they are not the first Mormons uh, in recent 
recent past to win this American Funniest Home Videos. In January, the Bagleys, they won $100,000 after submitting a video of their teenage sons, Bo and Clay, having a lightsaber battle while recovering from sedation from their teeth, from their wisdom teeth surgeries. So, uh, the heart-wrenching moment. Spoiler alert, if you're going to watch the Bagley's America's Funniest Home Video, uh, the heart-wrenching moment is when uh, Clay, one of the sons, bursts into tears after killing his brother. So, they're, they're <laughs> in sedation, they're having the battle, he kills him, he goes, ah! And then he starts crying because he feels like he might have killed him, actually, with the lightsaber. Is it Alfonso Ribeiro? It doesn't list him in that show. There's a million shows he's been in, but not that. Okay. Including Magnum P.I. It's an just... old commercial for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Yeah. It may, is Alfonso, this is terrible. Who's the guy on uh, Silver Spoons? The Ricky Schroeder. And the and, other guy. And, and, and Alfonso was in that with him. Okay. He was yeah. in Silver I'm, Spoons am, as well. I am almost positive. All right. I'll find it when you're doing your news okay. story. Uh, let's go about this. Uh, due to the growing political instability in Nicaragua, the church is in the process of transferring the 169 missionaries out of that country. That's 37 uh, missionaries from Nicaragua uh, that were nearing the end of their service and will just return home. Uh, 20 missionaries um, will return to another part of the mission, and 112 missionaries will be temporarily reassigned to other missions in North America, South America, and the Caribbean. All 158 missionaries remaining in Nicaragua Nicaragua at this point are being moved to areas that are safe and they'll closely monitor that situation. Um, we've mentioned this guy before. I'm a little suspicious. Um, but he was released over the weekend. Uh, Venezuela captive Josh Holt, his wife, he served his mission in Venezuela. Then he met his wife online, went down to marry her, had the opportunity to come back and wait in the United States for visas, but did not. Uh, decided to stay down there. Apparently in the place that he was living, it was not the safest place in the world. And he got wrapped up into what was allegedly some sort of gun trafficking. So they've kept him in prison for a couple years. A couple weeks ago, we mentioned that he had uh, was able to get access to a Facebook video to share, um, you know, what was going on. Hey, I'm being tortured. I'm being deprived. I need to get out of here. So won't some please, someone please get me out of here. Senator Bob Corker went down and said, you know what? I'll get him. Met with a Venezuela leader and then brought him home. He first met with uh, President Trump and uh, other leaders in Washington, D.C. before receiving a huge welcome back here in the state of Utah. You want to do your news I, story? I saw that. And on him, so a couple things. I hope this doesn't sound poor of them, but usually when somebody is released from prison who's been a, you know, in tortured, some third world country. Fat? Yes. Yeah, I thought the same thing too. Like tortured and Usually they come out, their eyes are sunken and dark and they're thin and... And he just, he looks, he looks big. Yeah. Now, now maybe they tortured him other ways, right? So we shouldn't discredit it. And I'm actually, sure. because he's a member of the church, I'm going to try and get him here in the cultural hall and do a one-on-one -on -one with him because I think it would be a fascinating story. Uh, certainly he's doing other media at this point, but I would love to be able to just ask him, all right, so what did they do? Because my expectation of someone who is tortured does not look how Josh Holt was tortured. And I'm not taking away from his yeah. experience. And and a statement that he made that he says, everything comes with a consequence. Right. Like, like well, if you didn't do anything, well, there shouldn't be any consequence. So why are you saying that? So I'd just like to know. I'm not saying he's guilty or anything, but that's just my thought on it. Uh, did you know that there is a ghost town in the Utah desert? Hold on. He's, he's a principal singing part in Who Broke My Wind? All I had to do was look up Alfonso Ribeiro LDS commercial, and there oh, it I is. Just, I just did commercial, and it listed a bunch oh, of others. So. Great. 
I'm doing it on my phone. It's small. <laughs> it's not very <laughs> my smart. My fingers are too fat. <laughs> well, maybe you should be tortured. Jeez. <laughs> uh, there is a ghost town in the Utah desert founded and then later abandoned by Mormon Hawaiians. And their descendants return every Memorial Day weekend, and they clean up the graves and look at their heritage there. What town is this? Uh, this is in Skull Valley. Okay. So I've been there. Uh, we camped there as, uh, like, Boy Scouts back in the day. Yeah, and I've been there a couple times, and I was not aware of this place. Uh, it's been more than a century since any person lived there. The little-known small town that was once in this dusty, desolate valley below the Cedar Mountains where a uh, uh, family grew up is now gone. It was founded in 1889 by a group of Pacific Islanders, mostly from Hawaii, who converted to the Mormon Church. Hmm. The new believers left their tropical homeland by boat and train and traveled to Utah to help build the temple in Salt Lake City. When construction was done, the faith, uh, faith leaders sent them to the isolated desert of Tooele County to start their own out. Post, which they named Iosepa, Hawaiian for Joseph, after the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, then President Joseph Smith. That's cool. Uh, they struggled for years before they transformed this harsh place into a garden, uh, because it is in the middle of a pretty desolate place. Yeah, I mean, you kind of just drive, and then you drive a little more, and then a little and bit more, and there it is. And it's, yeah, sagebrush. Um, they, then they abandoned it. In 1917, many returned to Hawaii. Some say the LDS Church forced them out of Utah. Some say it was due to homesickness. Arthur Wallace Stegner wrote in his book, uh, Mormon Country, that the people here made a heroic effort, but it was never part of their society that tied them half-heartedly uh, to this area. So in a way, they were sort of just kind of like sent in, uh, not exile, but kind of, right? Like, yeah. go form there. Yeah, out, out in the middle of nowhere, way out here. They sent them out, and they set up, and it became... A, a beautiful place, I guess. They did it right. Uh, had it growing really well. And then uh, discrepancy. Don't know if they kind of forced them out or if the church just kind of turned an eye, blind eye to them and they didn't enjoy it here anymore. I would have gone back to Hawaii too, probably. Uh, but uh, yes, they came back. So now their relatives go out, their descendants. Every year they clean up the graves, uh, just like you do on Memorial Day. Put out flowers and uh, and just keep it nice out there at their grave sites. I didn't get the impression that there was much to the town, though. No. Maybe just to the graveyard out there. I would uh, I would love to to go out and do that because the Hawaiian like language and songs um, would be so great just to go check out, right? Something yeah. Something different to do for a Memorial Day for sure. Um, this. Uh, as we all know, we're celebrating the 40th anniversary of the priesthood and uh, the temple blessings being extended to all races in June, which, by the way, programming note, uh, the this week's uh, numbered episode of the Cultural Hall will be the uh, 10 events uh, surrounding um, blacks and the priesthood uh, in the uh, LDS church. So we go back to 1830s. So we go sort of from where they had the priesthood to where they didn't and the different events and then coming back out on the other side to when uh, the priesthood was restored. And we do that with our uh, Mormon history guy, Russell Stevenson. It's a great episode. Uh, you can find the 10 things uh, and that episode available on Friday, the, what is that, the 1st? Mm -hmm. The 1st of June. Uh, so you can listen to that. It's fascinating. Some things that I didn't know about and some things I obviously did know about. Um, 
that you'll be able to hear there. He does a great job, and we go probably about an hour and 15 minutes, so look forward to that episode. Uh, and then since we've stopped and, and are talking about episodes, check out every Monday the Mormon News Report. They drop uh, news uh, similar to like what we're doing now, only they are different people, so they have different takes. And they do, I think, less news stories and go a little bit more in-depth and uh, are definitely ones to take on the harder subjects, uh, ones that they do a great deal of research and being able to, to make sure that they present it. We just sort of present them for you so you go, huh, I didn't know. And we I give more into that. Kind of jaded personal opinion yeah. on some stuff. Uh, so there, now back to the news. Um, so the 40th anniversary <laughs> of the priesthood, temples be, uh, temple, priesthood and temple blessings being extended to everybody, the Church History Library has 16 items um, that are significant documents from Black LDS history, and they are uh, on display now. It says, uh, this is Keith Erickson, the library director. He says, we are excited to place documents, photographs, oral histories, autobiographies, and all these records on display for members of the church and members of the public to understand the long connection. There will be a free exhibit uh, that's going to be in timing. Uh, the free exhibit is in timing with the First Presidency's message, which, by the way, uh, don't forget, is this weekend. Um, Friday, June 1st, uh, it will be open until 6.30 for people attending the B1 celebration. And we've got that big B1 celebration that is, I think, Friday night at 7 p.m. Um, they have Elijah Abel's. This is like one of the documents that you can see. Elijah Abel's 1836 priesthood ordination record. That He's a gentleman, a black gentleman who had the priesthood, Elijah Abel. Jane Manning James dictated uh, autobiography. She's a, a black woman uh, within the church who I believe, and Russell will hate me that I don't know this, I think that Jane Manning James was married or like promised to Joseph Smith. Hang on. Let me make sure that I got this right as I'm presenting the story to you. Finally, finally Aunt Jane, first recorded African-American woman to enter Utah. She was a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and lived with Joseph and his family. Um, so that's just some of the things that uh, you can see at that amazing, amazing free Church History Library exhibit. So if you're coming to downtown to check that out, check that out. Uh, other news stories. Let me blow through just a couple more and then I'll give you this. Uh, over the weekend, uh, Judd Joseph Miller, he died cliff jumping. Um, he was to graduate from Bear River High School this week. Uh, he was going to serve a mission in the Pachuca, Mexico mission, um, but has passed away. And then just quickly about he him, he says... This is his football coach, said he was always just willing to give freely of everything that he'd learned in his life. Whether it was football, basketball, track, he just wanted everybody to be great. So definitely a sad story out of northern Utah. Uh, Governor Gary Herbert is going to give President Nelson um, the Lifetime Achievement Award, Award from the state of Utah as part of the Medals for Science and Technology. So that's awesome. Um, other quick bites. I loved this headline, and I was sad to find out that it's... It's not what this story is about. The headline, Driggs, that is Driggs, Idaho, and LDS Church team up to water park 
And I was like, a water park in Idaho? Yeah. Driggs, Idaho? Driggs and LDS Church team up to water park. And as it turns out, they're just helping to pay for being able to water the grass in a park. Oh. <laughs> but the headline, Driggs and LDS. You think okay. of slides. No. Um, this is cool. Uh, alumnus, BYU-Idaho alumnus Mike Lafed, or Lafed, uh, is creating a comic book full of missionary stories. So he's maybe a future guest of the Cultural Hall. It's going to be called Served, a Missionary Comics Anthology. Boom. You've been served. You're now a Mormon. No. <laughs> uh, he. So, like, here's a story that might be within the book. One day, Huffaker and his companion were going to a place that would let them pay to use their Wi-Fi so they could email. When they got to the store, there were already missionaries there. Feeling a little disappointed, they left to look for a different one, and when they saw a car racing down the road, right behind the car was a police car with three police officers who were shooting their guns. In the moment, I could not tell if the police were shooting at the car or if they were just shooting, Huffaker said. They tried to go into a store that was close by for cover, but the owner shut the door and would not let them in, so they just crouched down on the sidewalk. Finally, the cars turned down another street. The owner reopened the door, and everyone continued with the day as if nothing had happened. So that was a crazy mission story that will be depicted at the end. It'll be a comic, huh? A missionary comics anthology. I'll give you one more story. Uh, Kristen Hawkins served in Chicago. She says it was Hawkins' birthday, and they went to visit a member of the ward, Patty. Patty had been involved in two life-threatening accidents in her life and was around 54 years old. Since it was Sister Hawkins' birthday, the subject of age came up. She says, I'm not old. I am strong. This is Patty. I am so strong that I can pick Sister Hawkins up with one arm, said this lady, who is 54. Suddenly, Patty picked her up with one arm and confirmed that, in fact, she could indeed pick Sister Hawkins up with one arm. For people who are unfamiliar with missionaries, I'm hoping that this will humanize us. Instead of being a scary person who wants to talk about Jesus at them, they will see that we are still just people. So kind of cool. Maybe a guest in the future. Uh, Boy Scout suffered significant burns on his hands at a uh, at a campsite um, down in Spanish Fork. They were doing having a meeting at the ward house of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and the boy uh, was assembling homemade camp burners when a flammable liquid ignited. So just another reason why we're getting out of Scout. <laughs> Uh, a worker was seriously Fire. injured after falling from the scaffolding at the Washington, D.C. Temple mm. last Thursday. Uh, he was taken to the hospital after the fall. Um, is in serious condition, but expected to live. What's your next story? Uh, after a five-year delay, finally, they've had all the other movies out, but finally the solo movie of Emma Smith is in, coming out. Is this the In Emma's Footsteps? Uh, yes. Uh, uh, yes, In Emma's Footsteps. So if you listen to uh, last week's episode, the numbered episode, I want to say number 271, we go in-depth with the director of In Emma's Footsteps, and mm. also the uh, she wrote it as well, as well as the woman who plays Emma. And Kyle, are you a sucker for accents? Uh, you know I am. She has an English, a British oh, accent. I love the woman who plays Emma. Now I don't think she has it in the film. I would suspect not. No, because Emma, Emma wasn't. No, but talking to her on the phone, really? I just was like, we just. I don't. I don't actually want to talk and hear my own voice. Will you just just keep talking, please? Her I dated is... somebody once purely because she had an accent. Really? This true story. <laughs> what English? 
Uh, no, she's South African. Oh yeah. Oh my okay. gosh. And it, Scottish. So I, you, were you here? You were. Yeah, I was. When we had the people from England yeah. here. Uh, I can't remember their name off the top of my head. Sorry, I love you. I just can't remember the name off the top of my head. The family. The, yeah, but it, yeah, I love it. Lives here. I really could. You could just put me in a room and I could just be like, just speak, please. I almost dated uh, a woman that had a Scottish accent. That's sort of my weakness. That's my number one. Yeah. Is any there's because Scottish and English are a little different, obviously. Yeah. So Scottish is a little just, more for yeah, me. A little, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I love the Scottish accent. We're ridiculous. That's why I'm in love with uh, uh, what's her name, the stringer from Churches and uh, Shirley Manson from Garbage because I love their little Scottish. So accent. I interrupted your story. Is it just that it's finally coming out this yeah. weekend? Yeah. Yep. It, it's uh, it's coming out now. Did, it, did I give a release date? I, Friday the first. Yes. Yeah, See it opening weekend for crying out loud. I'm kind of interested in it actually. Hopefully it does show some of the. Uh, it, it's a little bit of an edgy story. Yeah. Well, because it's Emma's story, right? Yeah. So it's all about Emma. And here's the deal. If you didn't get that from um, when I talked to. Uh, Brittany and also Shona in that episode 271 about In Emma's Footsteps. Uh, like, they they are sharing with you things that you may have no idea about. And I think that Emma gets sort of a bad a bad rap, right? Because the Saints go west and she stays and people know that her and Brigham Young didn't necessarily get along mm-hmm. all together that well. And so she sort of like once Joseph Smith gets killed, it sort of is the end of her narrative. A lot of people don't even know that she got married again. I didn't know that. Yeah. So it's interesting. Uh, I don't know how much of the of of the post Joseph it goes into, but it'll be interesting to see for sure. I'm gonna go see that actually. I'd okay. really like Take to see kid. it. Take your kid. Buy him dinner. It makes it easier. Uh, he's not gonna go to it. No. No. I'll go alone. What if you buy him dinner? No, he won't care. If you buy him dinner, he doesn't care. Not for that That's movie. That's how I always get my kid to do stuff. Buy a dinner. Sure. No, he's got money. Well, he, he doesn't care about buying dinner. Well, I know he doesn't need him to. It's bright. Forget it. All right. Uh, what else you got? Uh, speaking of ladies, uh, BYU yes. has a new dean for their school of business, and it's a lady. A lady? Yep. Harvard professor uh, Bridget Madrian will That's become awesome. the first. Now, what, now which is this? The... Uh, it's the uh, dean for the BYU Marriott School of Business. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Which is a hugely respected college at BYU. So, you know, you got the university, and they're all divided into different colleges for mm-hmm. people who don't know. I didn't know that for a long time. Yeah, and she came from Harvard, but she's the ninth dean, and uh, she'll be the new dean here at That's Brigham Young University. Awesome. What's her name again? Uh, it was I'm gonna make uh, it back up. Brigitte Madrian, or maybe Bridget Madrian. Brigitte. Uh, I got a couple lists for you. You ready for this? Yes. Seven things that still need to happen before the world ends. I thought we checked them all off. Number In 1983, one. we went through the list. We got them all. <laughs> Number one, gospel needs to be preached to every part of the world. No. Mm, that's no. true. We were so close, but... I almost got called to China. I could have taken care of it, but they wouldn't call me on a mission to China. Number two, congregations of saints must be found all over the earth. See? Again, no. By the way, you can find the references for all of these um, things that need to occur before the uh, world ends at the culturalhall.com in association with all the links that I'm going to share with you. Number three, baptisms for the dead need to take place in the Holy Land. Hmm. That ain't happening yet. Number four, church headquarters must be moved to Missouri. (laughs) That ain't happened yet. Well, we can do that when everything else is checked off. We can do that on a whim. Pack it up! This granite is heavy! (laughs) Number five, the Savior needs to appear in his temple, which, okay, I mean, maybe I could... uh, Again, on a whim, that could happen. Yeah, but I could split some hairs, right? Because the Savior did come to the Kirtland Temple, so... uh, 
<laughs> no, I mean, that's easy. That The last two, moving the, you know, we can just ship some people over, call sure. it to headquarters, rent an office. Sure. <laughs> Jesus shows up, done. Is the permit done? Good. End of the world. Bring it on. Hey, look who's here. Perfect timing. Uh, number six, the Great Council or Sacrament Meeting at Adam on Diamond needs to take place, which it hasn't. And then seven, the sun must be darkened, the moon turned to blood, and the stars fall from the sky. So there's a list. I got one more list for you. This is the most impressive world records uh, set by Mormons. And I've actually got breaking news. This isn't necessarily Mormon related, but it's kind of cool. This Facebook, you know, you've heard of the Facebook? We're on there. Uh, Facebook, <laughs> find us at the Cultural Hall, is announced that uh, uh, as a Fortune 100 company building, um, what? In the, this doesn't make sense to me, actually. I think it's supposed to be Facebook, a Fortune 100 company. Building a data center in Eagle Mountain, Utah. Wow, really? So that'll employ some Mormons. There's the Mormon angle. Yep. Back to the list of impressive world records set by Mormons. Uh, Benjamin Cook, he's the world's fastest raw onion eater. Lance Davis mm. is the world's strongest power lifter. This is back in 2004. All of these may, in fact, not still hold true, but at oh. one time. Were 2004? Where'd you get this list? It, this is people. This is Mormons who had some found this in your time machine. Held a world record listening to Kyle. camouflage when they set that record uh casey <laughs> williams is the world's fastest balloon animal inflator uh let's see vernon craig he is the longest firewalk and heaviest bed of nails record holder in uh, 1977 so this is going hmm. back away it's i remember that between two boards containing 506 nails and then encouraged people to climb on board until it reached 1,642.5 pounds. Later, that same June, Craig walked across 25 feet of scorching coals that measured 1,494 degrees Fahrenheit. The deepest sea dive for a woman back in 1950. That, that woman is a Mormon named Norma Hansen. Whoa. This is a stretch for some of these. <laughs> yeah. 1934. <laughs> the largest fall and parachute jump plummeting 60,000 feet in a 25-story tall tangle of cables and rubberized fabric. Orville Anderson. Um, I'm assuming and lived. Yeah. Uh, yep. He had no other option but to jump from 5,000 feet with his faulty parachute bundled up in his hands. Despite watching his uh, air balloons splatter to pieces on the pavement, Anderson was up in the air the next year in a record-breaking flight that reached 72,000 feet. So the highest hot air balloon flight Whoa. as well. The tallest ice cream cone in 2005, Autumn Jones, Cassidy Klein, and Vanya Knisnivnik. Uh, that's, as this puts, they had a, an ice cream cone that was 13 inches high. That doesn't what? seem that high. No. But it's a world record holder. And as this sweet article from LDS Living says, that's a lot of ice cream for three Maya maids. <laughs> I'd say we beat that record. Uh... <laughs> Most wedding bouquets taught, caught, rather not taught, in 2007. Alicia Jackson blew away the world record. Uh, she has She's caught 35. I think I went on a date with her. 
<laughs> or her twin sister. Uh, it was the, the worst date I've ever been on in my entire life. They feature her on the news here in Utah every once in a while. She's caught 35, and uh, it was terrible. It was the worst date of my entire life. It is one of only two times I've ended the date early oh. in my entire life. Did and you go I to a wedding? On a lot of dates. What? Did you go to a wedding with her? No. Oh. Nope. We went up the canyon, and uh, and it became really apparent like seven minutes into the conversation that uh, it was over. I was done. I didn't want to be there. And we didn't have anything else to talk about. I was with another couple who um, they were engaged and were cutesy and terrible to be around. I remember this. And uh, so I would story. ask her something. <laughs> and if she liked it, then the conversation would continue. And then I would ask her, like, hey, do you like beans? And if she'd be like, no, I don't really like beans, I'd go over to the wall with a rock in my hand and I'd make a hash mark. And I, I looked at her and I said, when that gets to 10, we're leaving. <laughs> And so, after a short time, we got to 10 hash marks, and we left. And may or may not be that girl, but I'm pretty sure it is. It may be her sister. And it was my sister who set us up on this date and said, well, this girl likes theater, and you like theater, so it'll be perfect. And I, at, Sure. At, no. It was a try. Uh, the, in 1997, the most ice cracked with a hand or head is oh. held by a Mormon, Sam Kuala. He's a 10th degree black belt. Um, he broke 42 pounds of ice with one hand in 1978 and break, broke 4,900 pounds of ice in three minutes and 17 seconds in 79. Uh, the highest pogo jump held by Brian Spencer. Um, and since that time, interestingly, LDS men have dominated the international sport of pogo jumping. Hmm. Dan Mahoney, an LDS athlete from Nova Scotia, 9 feet 6 inches. Uh, Biff Hutchison, an LDS Idahoan, 9 feet 7.5 inches. Um, he Biff also holds the record for fewest bounces. Consequently, uh, the most airtime of any rider in one minute so like he's up in the air the most so fewest bounces mm -hmm. within the time frame of a minute and you can see his uh, world record breaking jump high jump at the culturalhall.com high jump for men from Fred Sheffield longest swim for a three year old by Australian Corbin Horamona uh, youngest karate black belt for a girl is uh, seven year old Jesse Rivera who is a Mormon the 2002 fastest roller coaster and 2004 highest amusement ride, both uh, owned by Stan Checkets, who was a Mormon. Uh, the longest nonstop CPR, uh, David Burnham did it for five days. I'm not uh. sure why, but that poor sternum of that person. Yeah. If they, didn't, if they weren't dead before. Uh, the longest serving branch president. These are some Mormon things now. 51 years of service. He was the president of the deaf branch in Ogden and served from 19. 1917 to 1968. He was branch president the whole time. And then finally, and this I think recently disputed and overthrown, uh, Sister Amelia Costa dos Santos is the oldest church member living. She was born in 1888 and was 119 years old when she passed away. What else have you got? Record breaking. Oh, I think that's it. That's all you For the show, doing? yeah. All right. I got a couple more then. Uh, there is an article at theculturalhall.com that talks about uh, the finances of the church 
Uh, the Mormon News Report goes into this a bit, so listen to them. But it basically is just an explanation that uh, the tithing goes to the the uh, church, that budgeting and investments is what pays for uh, any, any further investments with the church. Um, for example, President Gordon B. Hinckley said that we have felt that good farms over a long period represent a safe investment, so they invest in... Things like farms, things like the City Creek Center, which received a lot of heat. Um, they explained that not only was it a great investment for the church, monetarily speaking, but also an investment uh, in the community around the church with downtown Salt Lake. Um, and the reason why they did this is here in the United States, um, as, as, as it is not the case in other countries, the LDS church um, does not share its financial information. It used to for a long time as part of sacrament or sacrament general conference. When you'd get the auditing report during general conference, it'd be like, and the estimated value of the church is one billion. Mm-hmm. Right? We don't have to do that in order to maintain nonprofit status in the state or in the United States, and so we don't. But there are countries uh, that the church is in where, in order to to re- receive that uh, exempt um, status, that uh, they have to declare the money invested within that country, etc. And just so that could, country, not yeah, as just a that general country, body, not in general, exactly. Okay. And so that's how they sort of split the ways uh, as far as that goes. There are some people that are like, well, why? What are they? What do they got to hide? Why do they? Uh, why are they keeping that such a secret? And my interpretation of it is, I think that if we look at a number, say that the church said, "Hey, the LDS church is worth four trillion dollars," I think that people, if they don't understand all of the makings of that four trillion dollars or where the money goes and all that stuff, I think that some people would look at that and be like, "Well, clearly they are doing, you know, incorrect things with my money," and people won't take that extra step to figure out exactly what the church is doing with the money, right? Mm-hmm. Just go well. I'm not paying my tithing, or they definitely are up to no some sort of no good, or whatever the thing may be. Um, thoughts? No, I no. I think you're exactly right. So you can find that whole article at theculturalhall.com. Uh, there is this from the Salt Lake Tribune. You know, we talked about the apology letter, uh, the folk, uh, the fake apology letter that uh, Jonathan Streeter wrote. Yes. Um, this uh, letter to the editor for the Salt Lake Tribune says, "Here, are, I believe, are three ideas that would go a long way." and moving the LDS church past... Uh, you know the uh, the discussion of skin color and the doctrine and and uh, and uh, racism within the church. He says the first thing I think is that the church needs to issue a letter to be read in all congregations, reiterating that cursing based on skin color is not a correct doctrine and that it must not be taught in any of our church meetings. Do you remember being taught that? Yeah, skin color was a curse. Right, I remember that as well. Haven't heard it in a long time, but he says you know if we if we could just do that letter again, saying hey you know what let's just let's just make sure we're not doing this. Right? Don't teach this. Second, they should remove all cross-references with LDS canon of scripture that erroneously tie skin color to a curse, that being like Genesis uh, chapter 4, 15, etc. And thirdly, he says the church should dedicate a worldwide training to this very topic, taking the opportunity to teach local leadership on the importance of ministering to all, including the need to eliminate the false doctrine from our Sunday school and auxiliary lessons. And that's really where I think a lot of that still exists is you have the older person that's teaching the lesson and and they were taught growing up you know that, that you know that that skin color is a curse and they mention it and we haven't put an end to it and i i saw a story on that as we it's 
is it June 1st there, I guess Friday, that we commemorate that, uh-huh. uh, the uh, revelation and the priesthood on that. And I remember that, I don't know, there's only a few things I remember from being young, but I remember that being announced in church. There's only a few things I remember <laughs> from being young. From 1977, it and was I was seven. Time ago. It was 78 when the declaration came out. Was, yeah, um, so I was eight, I yeah. guess. And You were accountable, you better remember. I know. And uh, I, I was just seeing an article, uh, a story on where the, uh, not it was not called FLDS, but a LDS sect of the LDS church, uh, an offshoot really grew immediately after that because people left because of that, the church. Right. They said, you know what, the the African-American or black people shouldn't hold the priesthood and and that's incorrect and, and, and joined the sect you're talking about is the Apostolic United Brethren. If you ever are in the Salt Lake Valley, you can actually see their temple. It's uh, right off of I-15, right as you come around Point of the Mountain. I didn't you know that. Look down over, you can see it down there. It doesn't look like our temples doesn't look like the reorganized temples it's pretty plain so it's out by the prison uh yeah south of the utah state prison about four or five miles hmm. um and there's this article it's a little deep but you can find that at the culturalhall.com that talks exactly about what you're saying uh this polygamous offshoot saw its ranks grow like crazy recently they had uh there was a blog post that was addressed to the apostolic united brethren church that said quote if you found out that you were from your DNA test that you have a percentage of Nigerian DNA, that meaning, so they're addressing this to the people of the Apostolic United Brethren, would you be worried about your right to the priesthood and all of its blessings? For some respondents, the answer was yes. They said, I would acknowledge that I don't have the authority, that my children don't, a commenter replied, and I'd separate myself from my white spouse so as not to condemn her. Yeah. So still very much that feeling and thought of no interracial and and uh, black people should not hold the priesthood within the Apostolic United Brethren Church. Fascinating, right? Yeah. Yeah? It's crazy. I think so. A little bit racist. Yeah. <laughs> and by a little, you mean... Completely. A lot. Uh, two more stories, and then we'll be done. This... From the New York Times, it quotes articles of faith and it quotes Joseph Smith. It also praises Mormons and says the following. Um, New York Times opinion writer Asma Uden writes, BuzzFeed News reports in April that since 2015, Republican officials in 49 states have publicly attacked Islam, some even questioning its legitimacy as a religion. The only state that's an exception for Republican leaders questioning uh, the legitimacy of Islam Utah. Hmm. Uh, it says further, in a state where a majority of residents is Mormon, members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints elected officials seem to have a deep understanding that an attack on religious freedom of one group is an attack on the religious re- freedom of everyone and that the rest of the nation should follow their example. He continues, Mormon politicians seem to understand better than many of their fellow Republicans that if another freedom's faith, freedom of faith is under attack, so too is their own. Mormons know too well what it means to be singled out for persecution and to have one's faith maligned as a threat to America, but it shouldn't require that experience to understand that religious freedom for some is really religious freedom for none. If it's not for everyone, then it's for nobody. Uh, And then this. Richard Paul Evans, previous guest of the Cultural Hall. I'm going to find out which episode he was in. Do you remember? You know who I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. Richard Paul Evans is? Yeah. Uh, Author. 
like 70 or not 70 37 time um, best author he wrote originally the Christmas box he was episode number one. he has uh, accusations of sexual harassment um, the fe- a female author accused Evans months ago of being overly physical with her uh, then in an effort to defend himself against those charges um, he said the following there is a movement to hurt men there are books written saying again that men should be taken out that they should account for no more than 10 percent of the population well says Evans that makes us men feel like the Jews in Nazi Germany further he says these me these hashtag me too trends tend to swing too far the other way where innocent men are being caught up into it and we're in a culture where right now it's a war on men uh, so you can find all of his comments at theculturalhall.com, but it, it, it certainly is a thing um, where he, I mean, he was given the opportunity to sort of apologize, uh, you know, for being overtly physical, for, uh, you know, maybe acting out of line, and, uh, and, and he did not take that opportunity to mm-hmm. apologize. I know him pretty well. We actually, with my day job, see him on a pretty regular basis, and, uh, and I just think... Um, as someone that has put himself in the situation where I have made people uncomfortable before. Oh, I know. Uh, <laughs> this isn't funny. I'm actually trying to be serious. Uh, and, but you're right. I, I mean, we yeah, joke. Sure. But, I mean, I have put people in an uncomfortable position before. Because it's your personality is very outgoing. And right. I'm very, I'm very touchy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said I know kind of jokingly, but I do know. Right. I have had to, on occasion, be sort of, you know, talked to and, and said, hey, you know what? You, you need to, you, you feel like you are being appropriate and you are not being appropriate. And I have always welcomed that when people have come to me and said, hey, you know what? You need to know this makes me uncomfortable. And then I don't. It is one thing to do that. And I don't think that that's okay. And I'm not talking, I've, I've never sexually assaulted someone or raped anyone. Um, but certainly making someone uncomfortable, I mean, making someone uncomfortable is making someone uncomfortable. It's rape or if it's just, you know, making that person feel uncomfortable. Uh, there, If someone comes to you and says, this makes me uncomfortable, you have to you have to respect the fact that that makes them uncomfortable. Even if, for example, I could be that same way with someone else, you have to respect the relationship that you have with that person and say, you know what, I'm sorry and I won't do that again. Not double down and say, well, you're just trying to get me. Now, maybe it's in a different situation. Um, where he's got money or he's got some sort of power. There's something to be gained by doing that to him. But I still feel like you just go, I'm sorry. I'll be careful. I won't do this again. And you just, I feel like that eliminates a lot of these these issues that then, you know, it's, it's going to have a huge impact on his career, on his sale ability, mm-hmm. certainly in his ability to go. This happened at a, a convention, a comic convention in, in Salt Lake. His ability to be able to be there. Um and whether or not people will support him as far as that goes. So I, I really think that an honest and sincere recognition of wrongdoing and apology goes a really long way. Yeah. So I'm sorry for this episode. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Me too. I hope that... I'm sorry. No, I did. I did. was not. I was not trying to... Terrible. I know. Clever. You're too, you're too clever for <laughs> That was not game. a hashtag reference. It was, I apologize also. Uh, I hope that this episode has nourished and strengthened your body. I hope if you're sick or afflicted, you you can be well and listen next week. Me too. And I hope that when the time comes, <laughs> you'll be able to travel home in safety. Uh, in the meantime, we'll be saving a seat for you. On the back row? Of the Cultural Hall. Save me a seat, sure to be me on the back row.